for about 30 minutes or so. Just charging into the place of prayer. The power of the Spirit is available today. It's very present and you're going to have to access it by faith. You know, as for me coming down here today, I said to myself that any exploits that I may have seen in my life, I choose to categorize it as my effort. Are you listening to me? Every single thing from our giving to what we've previously done, the uni tours, to the increase of this family, to the contributions we've had, I chose, I named it by the Spirit. I'm saying this is what the Spirit laid on my heart before coming down here to name it my effort. What God then said is that the power of the Spirit is present. There's a difference between a man's effort and God's power. So that we're on the same wave today. First find me what effort means. Following that you're going to find me the meaning of power. Because what God wants to give us for the year 21 and onwards is power. Do you remember that Peter at one point was following, but he was following according to his effort. He said that even if it will cost me my life, I will not deny you. That was his effort. That was him trying. That was his own strength. And the problem with man's strength is that until God's strength is revealed to them or until they encounter God, they will not actually know that their strength is actually weakness. Are you here with me this, uh, this afternoon? They will not know that their strength, uh, it can be your ability to talk. God says it's still weakness. It can be your ability to mobilize. God says it's still weakness. Even preaching, whatever it may be, God says it's still weakness. You know, the businesses that we have been doing, God says it's still weakness. And the problem is man cannot be introduced to God's strength until they recognize that their strength is actually weakness. So God says that we should name it all as man's effort. Read for me the meaning of effort, first of all. Then after you read for me the meaning of power. Go on. A straining, an exertion of strength. Yeah. Endeavor, strenuous exertion to, to accomplish an object. It's something that is done on the basis of one straining. It's based on stress. In fact, look for the, even the Google because uh, that's the one I read earlier. The Google um, um, translation or whatever it's called, I don't, definition, I don't know why I keep doing that. Go a, on. A vigorous or determined attempt. I prefer this meaning. Say it again. A vigorous or It's vigorous in nature. What else? Or determined attempt. Or determined attempt. I'm going to take you to Romans 8 in a moment. But what kind of inspired this today was what I heard Pastor Indidi say. So you see, for me, when I said thank you, Pastor Indidi, I actually meant it. And that's not me saying that anyone else didn't. But what you would see is Sarah, Abraham's effort. And God was waiting for them to realize that this effort is going to lead them to an endless decay. There was no fruit at the end of their effort. What was going to bring fruit was the fact that one remembers that the only way to bear fruit is being grafted and remaining in the vine. Not in being a branch of yourself, but you must be connected. Uh, for, for the sake of what I'm saying to you today and where we're leading in prayer, you must remain in position. Are you listening to me? You know when I say, are you listening to me? I'm actually saying, are your, is the ears of your spirit opened? Read the translation one more time. Effort. A vigorous or determined attempt. Have you been trying with even as a leader trying to raise a soul? God says it's been your effort. And someone can say, no, no, I've been doing by the Spirit. But what I think God is trying to say is that he wants to give us a dosage of power today that we've never had before. And it's going to take men of faith to walk in that power and receive it. So God says, oh, the translation says that all that you've been doing 
has been your vigorous and determined. God does not put away your determination. God does not see the fact that you have, God does not question the fact that you have tried. He just says that it's still effort. And it's attempt. An attempt does not guarantee that you will get it. You've tried to live a holy life, you know, but it was your effort. But there's power for holiness that's coming today. That is actually in your not trying that you would do it. I don't think you're here with me today. It's actually in your not trying that you'll be able to fulfill the mission, the purpose of God that God has installed in your life, has predestined for you and I. It's going to be the working power of the Spirit. So like Pastor Indidi said, I'm going straight to the point, but what I'll do now is give you scriptures so that we can think in God's frequency because scripture is again, like Pastor Tovia said to us, the compendium of God's thoughts. So the more we meditate on it, the more we enter his frequency or thought pattern. Now let's read power. Again, the Google um, definition, go on. The ability or capacity to do something or act. I, I love how we started. The ability. Meaning that you are able. It's not an attempt. It's actually given to you to perform. The ability, go on. Or capacity to, or do, capacity, yeah. to do something or act in a particular way or act in a particular way so I've, I, you see what we try to do is we hear and you know I'm going to start by saying this that most of the times our efforts are actually because we believe we've heard God's word you've heard that God said that you should do this or you try how many of us after hearing the word yeah, we're hit with the question okay what do I now do all of a sudden there's a thing of trying to do and you know we have seen many times us say that the word was powerful and it convicted me and all of these things and then we try and at most that effort happens for about a week or two if you're more disciplined maybe a month but what happens because it's not power because it's the efforts of man it ends it it meets the case so the 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 fire that you received at the moment I don't want to say the fire that you received but I'll say that the fire that you received the zeal let me say that you received was so heightened at the moment of conviction but day by day that fire went down day by day that zeal went down well God stresses to us he's saying that I am bringing you my power for the one that wants to give you will give now but in the power of the spirit for the one that preaches you will preach now but in the power of the spirit you know you want to love you've been trying you've been trying to tolerate and for a while it seemed that you had the spirit of love to be able to tolerate but you see you've seen recently decay all of a sudden you're tired you've ran off to your comfort did you know that Jezebel's duty like I said to you yesterday was to weaken the men and women of God do you, do you know where her suffering will be condemned to? A bed. Do you understand what I'm saying to you? No, I don't think you do. In other words, when someone is starting to walk in condemnation, they will look for comfort. Jezebel's condemnation was upon the bed. Was upon where she... So have you seen someone that is condemned become comfortable in their sin? You know, when you first sinned, there was a conviction... You know, you thought, like I've said about myself before, I thought that the next moment I was going to die. You, you believe that there are the worst that can happen as a result of your faith in the word. But what happens again is that when one is growing closer and closer to condemnation, their flesh, and sometimes they will think it's the spirit, but their flesh actually moves them to go and find comfort. I, I, I say to people, and let me say this here, because these are my ways of speaking to the family. Pastor Toby spoke to us, and I hope that someone will help me find that SoundCloud. But he spoke to us about the house of love. And he said, it's in that house that you will also be tempted. I'm just paraphrasing now. It's in that house you will also be tempted. How would you know you're in the house of love? You'll find these things that would try you there. When you go for your escape, your little holiday, 
know that if you're called by God, and I hope you are, and I believe you are, but know that if you're called by God, whatever you're running from, you still come back to me. And it's a certain path you must go through before you can ever meet the call of God in your life, the power of the Spirit. That's just a bad comment. So we've seen power as the ability. What was man or what was the whole creation subject to? Let's go to Romans 8. And let's read from verse 18. But I'm going to take you to again Abraham, the father of faith. I said to you, the reason why he was the father of faith, even though Noah came before him. The Bible accounts that Abel was a man that moved by faith. Noah was a man that moved by faith. But Abraham will be defined as the father of faith because he was the one that was able to give birth to faith. What I mean by that was Noah was not able to extend faith to another generation. The first of them was Abraham. Abraham was able to create a son born that will function by that same faith. Jacob, his, his um, grandson, will also function by faith. So what I want to tell you is that we're actually a faithful house. When I say that we are the fathers and mothers of revival, there have been, there have been people, there's been persons, if I can use that word, of revival in time past but what we failed to see was the abrahamic covenant what i mean by that is the ability to give birth to its kind so we heard of great men of god for those of us that's heard of them but they were unable to give another generation their call and spirit so we see the move of god die with people but that's not the intentions of god then you see apostle toby whose quiver is full of them who has children, who has given birth. So we see, when we talk about revival in London, I can actually say he's actually the father of it. Because I can now see his children. And what God is doing is giving you power because those that are called by God, the children of God, are actually men and women born by the Spirit. But let me not go ahead of myself. So Romans 8 from verse 18, go on. I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing yeah. with the glory that will be revealed in Choir, us. Choir, please be ready any moment because I'm not going to take long today. Go on. For the creation waits in eager expectation for the children of God to be revealed. Yeah. For the creation was subjected to frustration. For the creation was subjected to what? Um, to, to what? Frustration. What I want you to do is that if it's your Bible, underline that because you're going to see how we relate with this scripture so much. Creation was subject. They were bound to frustration. What would be their frustration? And, and for you to understand that, look to your parents. Look to those that came before us. Men and women who actually had hope. In case you want to be proud, let's just remember that it must have been hope that drove most of our parents from Africa to here. They were hopeful for a better future. There was something that drove them. And let me be honest with you, they were probably stronger than those of their time. They were made, able to make it out. And of course, some people would have thrived more there. But I think that men cannot help themselves, like Pastor Toby has been saying when he says the propensity. You know, there's an inclination that moves you before you even realize you're moved. But these men and women, our parents or our predecessors or whatever we want to call them, they, they were hopeful. They were so sure. I, was, I, I always tell my mom, for years you've been doing this thing called contribution. Hopeful for a day of abundance. The day of abundance comes. Because I didn't say it won't come. The day of abundance comes. But you realize you're still not satisfied. The hunger of your years of hope. What I mean about the hunger of the years of hope. You, you desired something more. You desired to be filled. You desired to be satisfied. But what happened is that the day of abundance. What you were looking for. Because we must not lie and say that what you're looking for you won't get. You will get what you're asking for. God help you if it's not what God is asking for your life though. Because it will be at the end of building a house that you'll realize that it was all vanity, right? 
so then abundance comes and with that abundance they aim they try to meet satisfaction they try to meet rest remember that God says to us that he's the one that will give us rest but they try to access rest for themselves and what happens from there let me give the case of my mom my, my mom can go and do the um, the contribution waiting maybe 18 months I don't know how long it is but it's as good as 18 years probably waiting 18 months for her contribution the abundance comes and then she goes and tries to fulfill what she's doing what she don't know is that to the man that does not build God's house God puts holes in their pockets he waits till it's filled and then the hole starts to drain everything you was waiting for so situations like giving money to your best friend to build your house then later finding that the poverty that has hit your best friend rises at the moment that your abundance comes into their hands and they take of your abundance to build their life but then life just keeps holding everyone under subjection or frustration so the person that probably with a good heart said that they want to go and build um, something and they will replace the money are then hit with another problem are you understanding the chain of frustration that the bible actually says to us that god through eve has held the world and creation in frustration what i want to actually say to you is that creation as long as it keeps trying it will not fulfill what it wants as long as creation keeps trying to bring forth it will not be able to do or meet the hopes of its desires it's not possible because what holds back the the manifestation of all that you want is actually the power of god through eve eve's disobedience made god hold the world in um in bondage and that's what actually scripture says i'm not saying anything that scripture don't say but carry on reading let's read through it i just want to speak to you quickly then we go into the place of prayer go on for the creation was subjected to frustration not by its own choice yeah but by the will of the one who subjected it by the will of the one who subjected it again go and read many translations and look at the context of scripture then you will understand it but you will understand why though god never made man to try that's why everything that man needed was there before him uh, when god speaks to us about um, um the original adam the one before the four he was given everything gold was there abundance of water that can signify all kinds of resources everything he needed including clothing was actually given to him it's just that his clothing will be the god's glory maybe we'll speak about that another day because god's glory is actually the freedom from all of this and we know that christ is the glory of god so but we'll go into that when god leads us into that but what i want you to understand is that everything for the made man so how do you know if you're walking in the original adam you are confident that everything you need is already here how do you know you're walking as the fallen adam you're agitated that you don't have what you need and that agitation and what i would use so that we can understand what i'm saying that frustration makes you roam looking for what is already there carry on reading go on in hope that the, in hope that the creation go, is, go a verse before for the creation was subjected to frustration not by its own choice yeah. but by the will of the one who subjected it in hope that the creation itself will be liberated from its bondage to decay and brought into the freedom and glory of the children of God. Yeah. We know that the whole creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up to the present time. Yeah. Not only so, but we ourselves who have had Read the... verse 22 again. We know that the whole creation has been groaning. We know that the whole creation... Please pay attention to what the scriptures say. We know that the whole meaning not one is outside of this the whole of creation has been groaning everything you see has been trying to push to what they believe they should be a man wakes up today and pushes they want to be the next big property developer i'm just using that as an example 
and they are trying. Every single day is their effort. But what Bible says is that we know that the whole creation has been groaning as in pains of childbirth. So the pain, what they, it's not actually childbirth, but they experience the pain of trying to bring forth. They try to experience, they experience the pains of trying to bring forth. But what's amazing, and I want you to underline as well, is that it says right up to the present time, meaning from the very beginning till now. If we're to say that this is childbirth, think of it like this imagine a woman's in labor and is forever in labor but doesn't deliver that's the life of a man fallen do you understand me I, I spoke to a young boy and this young boy has a drive what he don't know is that his, it's the zeal of his youth the strength of his youth pushing him not the spirit yet and this young boy wants to go into trading and he wants to go into property and he's a very smart guy and he seemed disciplined and all of these things and also to his name is an example his grandfather his grandfather has been doing trading for at least 20 or 22 years he said but what was amazing and what i had to draw the boy's attention to so his dad's been his granddad has been able to build a house not in nigeria like some of our parents you know that's the only place they can go and build and they never live in it, you know. That's what's amazing. They're just building museums all over the place. <laughs> well, this guy's going to build a house in London. Built. So you can say that he's achieved something. Right? He, he's doing well. Not everyone builds in this country. But what's going to happen is that he builds and then he realizes that the things that he actually wanted to achieve, and he said this to his own grandson, the boy that I was speaking to, that he knows that he has not achieved everything he needed to achieve a man that is forever in labor knowing that there's something in them that they are to bring forth because the greatness of an individual is within them greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world so there's a greater version of ayokunami and you know it's that inner witness in her that pushes her every single day you know why she gives is because she witnesses that there's a person in her that is yet to be revealed to the world but the problem is is that as far as man is in their fallen state and for you to understand what i'm saying the fallen state is the efforts of man trying to build what god has already built trying to do what god has already determined to do so this is why I'm going to take you to Abraham because Abraham was a man trying. Abraham was a man that received. And what God wants to bring us to today is to receive. Receive what? We will find out. But these are men, women, and all. And I think that's why yesterday was so powerful. The word yesterday will keep you thinking. That we've grown up in a world that says that the reason why bad things may happen to someone is because, no, I'm, and now I'm talking in perspective of the church, not revealed church, but the church that has followed um, religion. Church will make you think that when something wrong happens is because you've sinned somewhere. But what Pastor Toby showed us was the innocence of a 12-year-old and the sin and the flow of another woman for 12 years. You can see that, and he made the example that one was probably a virgin and the other wasn't, maybe. The woman was referred to as a woman. We know the father of one, we don't know the father of the other. So, in other, what Pastor Toby was sharing with us is that unless it's the touch of God, unless one encounters Christ for what he really is, and I've realized that you cannot touch Christ without there being a pressing. The father had to press past being a synagogue leader. He had to reveal himself for what he really is in order to bring petition for his daughter. There had to be the woman that goes past 100,000 people. And in case you're under, you don't understand this 100,000 people, when I said that we should sing and remain saying that God is holy, we're separating him amongst many. Because the way you must press into God is by getting rid of the many voices. The many voices include your voice, your um, um, aspirations, your, your goals and dreams. You must beat 
past it. I see certain of you guys trying to be past it and then all of a sudden you see an apparent drought and that's where I'm really going because as much as I'm talking about Abraham, I feel impressed to talk about Sarah because I think we're more in the position of Sarah than Abraham. Well, you understand me. We get to a place where we feel, mm, I don't, I'm not sure. And all of a sudden, the voice of wanting to be a great singer or wanting to be a great preacher or wanting to be a great businessman or whatever it may be, that voice now stands as a roadblock between you and Christ. So when we sing, I, I do say to you, worship is just an extension of prayer. If you're really in tune, then what you're hearing is actually what you're seeing. You start to see your pressing. Did you hear me praying and praying while we're worshiping? I say, God, open your doors to me. Open your doors to COD. But again, let's move on. So every effort, the frustration is what God has bound men to. Because the only way to freedom is through his son, the glory of God. The glory of the children of God is knowing that there's the son that's done it all for us. That's our glory. But how do we press in the elimination of many voices? And here's the problem. We live in a more advanced world. So there are many voices and some of these voices you've not even recognized. You've introduced them into your life. You have not actually recognized. I always say, who told you the way a woman should be? If you ask someone sincerely, their mindset about a woman or the mindset of how a man should be, has first come from what they were taught in their community. They can't tell you the reason why they talk from scripture or the reason why they don't talk from scripture. It's more so what their mum has showed them or what their community has shown them. So you would realize therefore why it's been difficult for people to rise in the things of God and why everyone seems to be bound to frustration. It's unfortunate to see that the church has been bound to frustration, always hopeful of the day that God will come down and crush their enemies, but never finding it. But you see the reason why God gives us words like this in this time, and I'm not trying to preach, but I'm, I want to share some things so that when you pray, you can make it very personal. When you worship, you see the songs that you're used to. When we begin to sp um, say spirit flow, I'm actually saying that it's at your time, spirit. It's at your will, spirit. You know, the spirit is like oil, it's like water, it's like wind. It's not something you can capture. So I'm not someone that's trying to bring God down to my timing and in my thought patterns. I'm actually saying I'm here and I'll be positioned until you're ready. Are you hearing me, COD? I'll be positioned. What was the faults of Elijah? What was Christ trying to show us of Elijah yesterday? What was the Spirit of God showing us of Elijah? Elijah thought it was him in, in, in respect. What he wanted was God to move in his time, in his way, in what seemed reasonable to him. Even the great prophet had expectations of God. But you see, we must appreciate that there's a class, there's a respect, there's a, there's a space that you give to God. You recognize that this is God and you give it to him. So all people are groaning and to this day, they're still in labor. Have you seen it guys? Like, think about it, think about it. You've always just believed, uh, and I'm, I'm, I'm not saying this you, I'm saying this all of us. How many times have you been so expectant that God's going to move the next month? Like a, a business came at idea and you was like, oh, this is it. Oh, people are growing. Oh, like our finances are coming. You're always hopeful. That's what you expect a woman who's in labor to do. They, they can hear the sound of the baby crying and the pain is a witness that there's something that's coming forth but they never have the chance to hold it God says I've actually bound men and all creation to that state the only way delivery comes is the embracing of Christ so why do we pray why do we fast why do we worship because this is our time to touch him 
This is our time to, to have the thoughts that meets him. But again, because I said I don't want to do this for too long. Let's move on to Genesis 15. Genesis 15. Let's look into the life of Abram and Sarai before we look at Abraham and Sarah. Go on, read from Genesis 15. Go on, verse 1. After this, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision. Do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield, your very great reward. But Abram said, Sovereign Lord, what can you give me since I remain childless and the one who will inherit my estate is Eliezer of Damascus? So Abraham, at one point, because of time, we won't go into reading the whole scriptures. But Abraham at one point, what do we know of him? Abraham, I didn't say Abraham. When God told him that he's going to bear a son, this is after he's already had Ishmael. Abraham was 99 years of age at this time. And his wife was also old. Amazingly, when Abraham, I want you to get this point. When Abraham was told that a son will be born of Sarah. I've actually gone ahead of myself saying this now. When Abraham was told by God that, Abraham, that Sarah will bear a son, his response was to laugh. What did he then say? Can a son be born to a man that's a hundred years? This is Abraham. What I'm trying to say is that this is actually a man that's now entered the identity that God wants him to enter. But when Abraham also was, when Abraham was Abraham, Abraham also couldn't believe the fact his cry was actually, God, are you going to give me a son? What's the best you can give me if I remain childless? So the quest for the believer and the quest for the unbeliever or the quest for the man that's entered his state or hasn't yet entered his state is actually that they may have seed. You know, I've been saying this. It's actually that they may give forth. That's what I'm actually trying to say. It's actually that whatever promise and heart desire that's been driving their life up to this moment, that they will actually see the fruit of it. What I wouldn't want from anyone in this family is that you have desires that, yes, indeed, God gave, but were unable to bring forth because you did not actually really touch Christ. You could be here. But you see, when we open moments like prayer and worship, when the Holy Spirit now says, okay, now worship, when the Holy Spirit now says, now pray. When he says, now hear the word. And I said to you from the beginning that the power of the Spirit is present. What's the duty of the power of the, uh, of the Spirit? To give you ability to give forth. It's free you from the bondage that holds you back. But you see what's most interesting was that Abraham and Abraham experienced this. Now look at what he says. Read from verse 3. Go on. And Abraham said, yeah. you have given me no children, so a servant in my household will be my heir. Mm. Then the word of the Lord came to him. This man will not be your heir, but a son who is your own flesh and blood will be your heir. Yeah, keep reading. He took him outside and said, look up at the sky and count the stars. Yeah. If indeed you can count them, then he said to him, so shall your offspring be. Abraham believed the Lord yeah. and he credited, he credited it to him as righteousness. Okay. So, Abraham believed. This was, his go this was going to be the movement towards delivery. The movement towards fulfilling what God had called him to fulfill. He believed. But you see, what, what I noted down at verse 4, read verse 4 for me again, go on. Then the word of the Lord came to him. Yeah. This man will not be your heir, but a son who is your own flesh and blood will be your heir. I want you to think about that scripture. When I read that just before coming down, so that's why I was slightly late. When I read that coming down, I said, I, I noted it down as, or I titled it because that's the way I think sometimes. There's a theme that comes out of the scripture. And the title that I wrote was, When God Keeps Men Guessing. God who is able to give time, we saw later in scripture, he said by this time next year, was not going to give him any detail. In fact, God being the all-knowing God didn't say the son to, to imply that there will be just one. 
he said a son meaning that your delivery is going to be one of many options are you listening to me it's going to be one of many options so if you don't have the spirit you'll be asking ishmael to be the holder of the blessing when it should be isaac when god keeps men guessing he said to him you have a son god why didn't you tell him his name then god why didn't you tell him how he will come when he will come god just gave the surety that something is coming but not only that you know i want you to take note of and we can't go through all of it we know that chapter 16 is the introduction of hagar and ishmael but we're going to look at a few verses there but what i want you to take note of was that from the moment that god spoke to abraham yeah did you know so we look at genesis 12 all the way through at this time i understand abraham's moves no what i want you to hear from this is that the spirit understands your efforts because he has kept you guessing guessing was so that you can remain in faith where we're going to end today is with Isaiah 26 the prayer that he will keep you in perfect peace because you remain in faith faith there's a, an abode you know home is a certainty for you staying here is faith faith that things will get better it don't look like it home is comfortable but home is the destructive tool for a called man God calls you out of your house never to return do you see scriptures when it says that if they had had a country in mind they would have returned to it you don't return and sometimes it may sound like what I'm saying is harsh and controlling but I'm saying if you have the spirit you understand what I'm saying when God keeps men guessing was so that there can be faith faith will not be a factor that will be removed but what I want you to pay attention to is that as God can say names times you know why I understand Abraham's move with Hagar is that God never told him the womb by which that son will come from if you read scripture he actually never said up until this time maybe God did not um, curse or remove his blessings of Abraham or Abraham because at this time Abraham only knew that he will have a son but he didn't know from whose womb in that time it was normal for wives to give their slaves as a way to increase a family you're going to see Sarah was the one that actually said this but at this time God kept Abram and Sarai guessing because he wanted them to walk in the, in the faith lane he didn't want there to be certainty so that men can hold it in cage it has to be faith it has to be total reliance on God you know, I can imagine Sarah, Sarai at this point, being uncomfortable with her position. I want some people to hear me. He, he, she, I can imagine her being uncomfortable. It looks like there was never a word to assure her that there will be something that comes from it. You may not be the one preaching. You may not be the one, you may have been told to just do cooking. And you know the thing about cooking, you can't see how the word ministers there. But Sarai should have actually been comfortable staying in her position because as far as she remains in a position that fosters faith, there will be delivery. I don't know if you heard me. Sometimes giving is a position that seems like God forgets. That's what I want to say. Sarai looked like God was, it looked like God was only talking to Abraham, but Sarai could have been at the shoulder of Abraham wondering at what point Will God speak to me? At what point will God deliver me from my inability to produce? Would, at what point will God deliver me from my barrenness, from my shame? But no, what God's, God's silence over Sarai's life was remain the wife. Remain in position, you know. Sometimes it may look like doing the women, leading the women may look like you're not recognized in the scope of the nation. It may look like you're not doing much. It may look like oh, you're just in a position and it seems that the word is only going to bust the OB. No, there's a word that goes to the family. There's a blessing that goes to the family. I don't know what it is you're doing. You could be in a choir. 
and it looks like God has forgotten you because there's no conversation there's no dialogue between God and you you're you're here you're present but you do not hear the word of a promise of a blessing and you're barren and you're thinking why I cannot give birth so I now understand why Sarai can say to Abraham you know what maybe the promise was never meant to be for me you know sometimes people don't stay in a certain position sometimes people can't remain you know if you're called to lead the men it may look like it's nothing I know that's not the case here but I know it can look sometimes like it's nothing it may look like there's not much that comes out of it but God says Sarai stay in your position stay there stay there because you see the moment you start to think your barrenness is God's disapproval of your life you then try to bring an effort of another thing when it looks like constantly preaching is not producing then you say let's start business providing another womb for God's blessing God says it's the position I've always called you in that I will produce from Sarai was always the womb I gave you and yes for years it's been barren but the thing why it looks barren is because it's in the age of your effort but what I needed to grow into is decay from decay it will enter the age of the core for the power of the spirit when the body of a woman the body of a man is now dead when the efforts the trials of a man cannot bring forth when a man becomes tired of trying and realizes that it's only the power the ability of God that can produce it's at that point that Isaac is coming so God says Isaac has not yet come because your body is still alive Isaac has not yet come because you're still too strong to try you know why God is speaking to us in our youth because this is the peak of our strength and the reason why people don't make it is because at the peak of their strength they use their strength their desires to push for something but God says no it's now that you should be weak this is the reason why God commits to us giving giving is a way that you remain weak even when you're strong God is looking for you at your peak but the peak of God to you is actually your point of weakness God who keeps men guessing why I'm here why don't you mention my name I've been told to be a mobilizer but I don't hear much word coming my way God says Sarai you're the wife remain and I can imagine after the word she tried to do so not to be explicit but I can imagine after that word the inspiration and zeal for her to go and sleep with Abraham in hope that there will be now the production of the child but that's still you trying that's still you trying God uh, if you hear me Pastor Toby announced that the year 21 is time I think I now understand that as the year of the power of the Spirit, I believe we'll begin to deliver. I believe by this time next year, like the Bible would say to us, like the Spirit says to us, that there will be a point of delivery because we have given up. Read chapter verse 1 of chapter 16. Just read a bit. Now Sarai, Abram's wife, had borne him no children. After the words, she's still seeing that there's been no children. So she thought her the, the delay, and at this point, I can't even call it delay because delay is only in respect to knowing that there's a time. She probably didn't think there's time because she's now old. She's past the age of childbirth. So I can't call it delay. She probably thought it was disapproval. And at this point, the Bible actually says, had borne him no children, but she had an Egyptian slave. Uh, I love the fact that I was called an Egyptian slave. It means a material, because slave is not worth being a person sometimes. You're seen as a tool, right? So the tool of the world was something she had in her possession. The world taught you about saving, and saving is always in the back of your mind. And the days when it looks like God's word of your life is not coming, what that's doing, unless you remain in the place of faith, what the flesh is going to do is make you pick up that tool called saving. Unfortunately, Sarai, because she could not receive a word directly to her. I think this is something you're going to have to go back and listen, listen and pray about, though. 
But we're going to pray in a moment. You know, today there's, there's no interruption. So we're going to pray and worship. Now, Sarai, Abram's wife, had borne him no children, yeah? But she had an Egyptian slave named Hagar. Yeah. So she said to Abram, The Lord has kept me from having children. Go, sleep with my slave. Perhaps I can build a family through her. Mm. Abram agreed. Did to you see that? Go take up this tool. Mingle. Interface with it. Try it out. In other words, you know, you've been trying. Sorry again, I don't want it to sound explicit, but you've been trying with me and there's been no avail. Now try with this. Maybe. Let's see if this will work. And you know, sometimes what pulls people more and more out of the faith lane into a certainty lane, a certain lane, is that there seems to be an immediate response. No, listen to me. It seems like the world will quickly give birth. Do you remember scriptures like the Bible says that the spiritual does not come first, but the physical? So you see, like, it's easy because of your talent. You could quickly, you know what to do. And that's going to bring immediate money. It's going to bring immediate results, immediate um, response from people. But God says, that's still Hagar. And as much as you will plead on her case, Abraham, as much as you plead, you will have to get rid of her. The pain will be you building something and then having to get rid of it because you just couldn't wait for the time of the Spirit. You couldn't wait for the day of the spirit. The Lord has kept, so she said to Abraham, the Lord has kept me from having children, yeah? Go sleep with my slave. Perhaps I can build a family through her. Perhaps is key there. That's the emphasis of they were still operating in effort. It was still trying. Even with that, they were not certain. But they said, let's try in other words. And perhaps we'll be able to build a family. And family is not just a man and a woman and their kids. It, it represents a life. What we're looking for. Perhaps we'll be able to build from there. Carry on reading. Go on. Abram agreed to what Sarai said. Useless man. Go on. So after Abram had been living in Canaan 10 not years. useless. Father Abraham, forgive me. <laughs> go on. Sarai, his wife, took her Egyptian slave, Hagar, and gave her to her husband to be his wife. Yeah. He slept with Hagar and she conceived. When she knew she was pregnant, she began to despise her mistress. Then Sarai said to Abram, You are responsible for the wrong I am suffering. So you see, what I want you to know here is that Abram actually didn't sin. That's the thing. Because he gave Sarah gave her to be his wife. At that time they can have many wives. I always say to God that I'm joking. But at that time, they can have many wives. So she gave her to be his wife. She wasn't just a mistress. She was a wife. And so it wasn't a sin. This was not Abraham that was always eyeing the woman. No, she became his wife. Whatever he had to do to make her become his wife, probably paid for her or whatever. I think he paid for her because then later you see her say things like, oh, she said she's been in your arms. Since she's been in your arms, she now despises me. So she's now in your authority. She's now in your care. She belongs to you. You know, when you've grown with something so much that now you can't tell. You know, the issue, and this is what I'm emphasizing, that when you have many options, you will struggle to know what the Spirit is saying. Because now it will become a guessing game rather than you knowing. He slept with Hagar and she conceived. So almost immediately she gave birth. When she knew she was pregnant, she began to despise her mistress. Then, then Sarai said to Abraham, you are responsible for the wrong I am suffering. I put my slave in your arms. And now that she knows she is pregnant, she despises me. May the Lord judge between you and me. Your slave is in your hands, Abraham said. Do with her whatever you think is best. Then Sarai mistreated Hagar. Let me tell you something. When core is really on you, even what you was looking for, you will start to despise it when it matures. Let me make that practical. I think successful people get to their height and start to despise their, their success. I think this is why we can hear of people falling into depression and suicidal. The thing that was not God, but was their effort. 
becomes something that the cool in them starts to despise. The only problem then is that once a person's missed cool, they will now enter a realm called regret. There's no, there's no um, turning back. It's too late in the plans of God. They've gone too far. A mistress has grown to becoming a wife. You, you, you've got a life attachment with that person unless God actually severs that relationships. But go on, what does it say? The angel of the Lord found Hagar yeah. near a spring in the desert. It was the spring that is beside the road to Shur. Okay, I need to stop, go on. And he said, Hagar, slave of Sarai, where have you come from and where are you going? I'm running away from my mistress Sarai, she answered. Then the angel of the Lord told her, Go back to your mistress and submit to her. Mm. The angel added, I will increase your descendants so much that they will be too numerous to count. Okay, let me read from here. The angel of the Lord also said to her, You are now pregnant and you will give birth to a son. You shall name him Ishmael, for the Lord has heard of your misery. He will be a wild donkey of a man. His hand will be against everyone and everyone's hand against him. This is not a blessing. This is actually telling him what he will be empowered to be. He will always be in hostility with others. Am I still on or did the connection break? And everyone's hand against him and he will live in hostility towards all his brothers. She gave this name to the Lord. Let me jump to verse 16. Abram was 86 years old when Hagar bore him Ishmael. Now we go to chapter 17 and this is where I begin to stop. It says, now when Abraham was 99 years old, so I was inspired with what Pastor Indidi said today, that in the efforts of man, time just goes. In the blink of an eye, 13 years escaped. Already a disadvantaged Abraham. What I'm actually trying to say, because you see for me, and this is what you have to understand about the Spirit of God. When God speaks, he does not speak to strangers. He speaks to family. So when we speak and it sounds like we're saying something that's like we're speaking to you, I'm actually, yeah, I'm speaking to you. Who else are we meant to be speaking to? But what I want to say from that is that the efforts you keep pushing to do will only just make you lose more time when you're already disadvantaged. Because the frustration that you're in, so what now Sarah will realize is that Sarah was actually held back by God. She knew as a woman she had the ability to give birth, but she couldn't give birth. She did not go and do something with the doctors in order to be able to have Isaac. She always had the ability. The ability was actually Sarah. Now, I need you to hear me. The ability is the spirit in you, the identity. We do not know what we are yet to be. God is the only one that sees what's within us. David did not know as a shepherd's boy that he was actually, there was David the king living in him. Joseph did not know the prime minister was in him. Well, you don't know. You could be playing the keys, but you don't know what you are, what is in you right now. But what God says is that in my own time, I will reveal. I will uncover. I will unveil who you really are. And it's in God's time. You know, God is not, I need to keep repeating this. You cannot force God who is outside of time into your time. God moves in time. And next year, when God says that it's in time, God says to us, it's actually a word that he's saying that this is the time that he begins to reveal the nation family. This is the time he begins to reveal the COD family, the Pulse family, the Connect family, the Power Base family, the Elite family, but it's God's time. Well, God says he's not asking us, or when he speaks to us, he's not asking us to be negligent or to be idle. No, he's saying that you must remain in the position the position of Sarai being the barren wife was actually faith. That was actually her faith. The moment she went to go and get um, Hagar, she was dwindling away from faith. I don't know if it's cooking, Tony, that you're doing right now. And it may look stupid, but you do know the call of God is meant to, for a time, make you look stupid. It's meant to discard your image because that image is not the image he's even looking for. But as you remain in your position, and it may seem like you're forgotten, but listen to this now. Now, when God comes and his time, when it's God's time, God would then say in Genesis 17 verse 15, 
In fact, before I read that, it says, when, verse 1, When Abram was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to him and said, I am God Almighty. Not by power. That's what we're going to sing first. I am God Almighty. Walk before me faithfully and be blameless. So like Pastor Indy said to him, said to us, God called Abram or Abram away from a life of certainty and trying with Ishmael. God says, come back to me and walk faithfully. Be full of faith in other words. Blameless is the fact that you remained in faith. Blameless was not that you didn't make mistakes. The mistake a man can make is falling out of faith. So what God can blame, what can be our blame is the moments. Let me help you with that blame. One day Jesus Christ was coming down from the mountain and there was a crowd of people with the apostles. And the the people were glad to see Jesus because the apostles were unable to save the son that was sick. Christ actually blamed the disciples. Do you know why? Because they had little faith. So the, the blaming of God is when God says, listen, I've always been me. I've given you scripture that you can refer to. I've been consistent with who I am. You're surrounded with a cloud of witnesses that I do not fail those who trust in me. And now what happened is that this situation was unable to change because you couldn't just have faith. You couldn't believe in who I am. The Bible then says, walk before me faithfully and be blameless. Don't give up on faith. Then I will make my covenant between me and you and will greatly increase your numbers. And at verse 3, and I've said this to you before, Abraham fell face down. At that moment, he gave up. At that moment, he was not looking to anything anymore. He was just relying on God. He fell face down and, and God said to him, as for me, this is my covenant with you. Now, I'll jump all the way to verse 15 so we can close. So that we can pray. And I hope all of you that are on are ready to pray and worship. Verse 15, it says, God also said to Ab- Abraham, As for Sarah, Sarai, your wife, you are no longer to call her Sarai. Her name will be Sarah. All of a sudden, conversation starts in the day of the power of the Spirit. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you? The spirit called the identity Sarah was that. Let me help you with this. The spirit of Elijah will be called Elijah. Yeah. The spirit of somebody. There's just like the spirit of God is God. Yeah. The spirit of Elijah is called Elijah. So what I'm trying to say to you is that Sarah was the name of the spirit. This was who was going to produce The man that will go and save the world cannot be born outside of the spirit. So Christ will not be born of the seed of a man. He'll be born by the power of the spirit. And in case you start to think, what is the power of the spirit? The power of the spirit is what gives ability to the spirit? The word. The word is the power of the spirit. The word is what Mary needed to receive from angel Gabriel in order to become pregnant and that word was enough sufficient to bring her to the point of delivery it was sufficient to bring her hopes into reality she will not have a stillborn she will not forever be in the realm of labor god says to us we will not always be in the place of labor we'll be free to express the glory of god but this is only birthed isaac was a produce He was what God brought out of what the power of the Spirit. So let's quickly go to Romans 8 again. Let me end with there and then I start to pray with Isaiah 26 and then we worship. Verse 24, read from verse 24. For in this hope we are saved. For in this hope we are saved, yeah. But hope that is seen is no hope at all. Hagar, Hagar was seen. So that was no longer hope. Are you listening to me? Beryl, the entertainment world, the needing of a, a, a producer and all of these things are already seen. So there's no hope there. What God is actually saying is that what would actually benefit you is in you. And now you have to wait for God's time of delivery. 
For in this hope we were saved, but hope that is seen is no hope at all. Who hopes for what they already have? But if we hope for what we do not yet have, we wait for it patiently. You know, when we're singing, Holy Spirit, we wait on you. These are prophetic words. You didn't know why you were singing it. The Spirit is starting a conversation with us. In the same way, therefore, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. You know, the effort was actually the weakness. The Spirit is the one that helps you. The Spirit makes for your lack. You remember that the Bible says that I will send you another helper and refer to him as the Spirit. The Spirit is the reason why you've been struggling in labor. And I keep using that example is because you didn't have the right midwife. The midwife is the Spirit. She, the Spirit will help you bring to delivery. He's the power. He's the missing piece. And God says that we should rely on him. And that's through the word. I need you to remember that. It's through the word. In the same way the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for. So we're so weak. We have tried everything and we don't know what more to do to deliver. You know, you've prayed so much times. God, I don't want to be repeating this sin. You don't know what more to do. You have fasted. You have given. You have done it all. But the Bible says that the Spirit makes intercession through and for us actually through wordless, wordless groans so when we pray in the spirit sometimes when we begin to scream in a place of worship people see it as noise the spiritual man hears words it's a groaning we're actually giving birth now it's, so at the point where we actually deliver is at the point of prayer in worship in the word those groanings is actually bringing the delivery to pass do you understand this guys and he who searches the, our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. Isaiah 26. I want you to raise that. We're going to start worshipping in a moment. Now, we're going to enter a moment of prayer now, guys. It's 3.45 now. I'm literally going to leave you to worship and pray. Of course, we'll be worshipping, you worship, you pray, you worship, because it's all prayer. Don't try to, it's all prayer. But I want you, and the reason why we go through the word is so that you understand why you're praying. You're given a focus. The word gives us focus in prayer. For we do not know what we ought to pray for, but the word has now revealed what we're praying. I want to do away with my days of efforts. And I want to embrace the day of the spirit. What I want my 21 to be is what you have said. Time, your spirit, your day. Bring me to the point of delivery. Bring me to the point that I can carry out. And as Sarai, I need you to remember this, that as Sarai, it may look like you were forgotten for a while. But God says actually remaining in your position and not um, um, wavering from that position is actually faith. So the little that you may seem, it may seem like you're doing today is actually your faith position. God says, take your faith position so that you can deliver. But Isaiah 26, let's read that. Go on. In that day, this song will be sung in the land of Judah. In that day, in the time of the Spirit, in the day of God's answer, when the Holy Spirit has been flowing, but is ready to now give birth, you know, when you've delivered, you start to sing. In that day, you would sing. The song would be sung in God's house. What would it be? Go on. We have a strong city. We have a strong city. Yeah. God makes salvation. The city of David is a strong city. Our lives are strong cities. God said, now make them. Three years ago, I heard PT say in a vision, now make them into cities. God makes us into fortified cities today. Carry on reading, go on. God makes Are you ready? Go on. God makes salvation. God makes salvation, yeah. Its walls and ramparts. Its walls and ramparts, yeah. Open the gates. Open the gates. So when I pray, God, open your doors. It was scripture. Open your gates, but go on. That the righteous nation may enter. That the righteous nation. What's the righteous nation, guys? It was accredited to Abraham as righteousness that he believed. He had nothing, no substance to hold other than God's word. God doesn't want you to have a good bank account to assure you of a great financial future. 
God doesn't want you to have money to think that you will have money. Sometimes he allows you to have debt so you can't rely on that. You're only relying. The only thing that you rely on is actually his word over your life. The confidence that I have that I'll be a nation leader is not because I can speak. It's not because I know politics. It's not because of anything. It's only the word. God actually makes you weak in other things so that you can rely on his word. Are you listening to me, COD? And what does he say? Go on. The nation that keeps faith. Go on. You will keep in perfect peace. You will keep in perfect peace. Go a verse before. Let's read it again. Open the gates. Open the gates. Go on. That the righteous nation may enter. That the righteous, the believers may enter. I am saying I'm the believer. You are saying you are a believer. Open your doors to me. Go on. The nation that keeps faith. The nation that keeps faith. So from this day, you will not allow anything to move you from faith. And how do we remain in faith? When we pray, when we're in the spirit, we know what is the faith core. God can say, move on from ministry team. And you may not know how it's going to be, but you know that this was the core at that moment. It's faith. How do you know it's faith? You'll be left in the position of reaching. There's no more certainty, but you believe God. I believe God for the raising of the new leaders. I believe God for it. I believe God for the new finances. I believe God for it. And God calls you into positions that is only the finest faith. Are you hearing me? He said, I will keep in perfect peace those that remain in faith. Go on. Trust in the Lord forever. So God says, trust in the Lord forever. It doesn't matter if man's time looks like he's running out. It doesn't matter if you expected it to be by the 25th of December. God says, even if 26 come and you have not seen the promise, keep trusting in it because God's time will meet us. God says, for the sake of you that keeps faith, he will keep us in perfect peace. And I cannot stress how much that's important in a dark world like we're in. Most of our parents, when you look at them, are this, they're, they're unstable because they do not have peace in their mind. But God grants you peace because you remain in faith. So God says to us that it's not actually by our own power. It's not by our efforts. It's not by might, but it's by his spirit. I want you to begin to worship.